my arms now. You've got to get in. Oh, wait on. I'll just ask this guy. Um, excuse me. Would you mind taking a photo of us? Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Okay, everybody say cheese. Oh, um, actually, I'm a vegan. Could you please have us say something else? <laughs> okay, everybody say tofu. Tofu is actually not as good for you as vegans think. Any CrossFitter will tell you that. It's bad for your testosterone levels. Okay, I'm sorry. How about we all just smile? Oh, if one more asshole asks me to smile. Not really an asshole. Taking a photo for you, so. What's there to smile about anyway? Okay, would you like me to just count backwards from three? Oh, would you like dyslexic people to just not exist? My cousin has dyslexia, so offended. Adopted. Don't even know who my cousins are, so more offended. How about this? We all put a word we're comfortable with in our heads and I'll get the shot. No, it doesn't sound very inclusive, though, does it? I suppose you'd like us all to stand a few metres apart, would you, Stalin? Jesus Christ. Oh, I don't see what religion has to do with this. Well, I'm an atheist, so majorly triggered. Is that a comment on the gun debate? Still trying to control people. But it's not just the people. Has anyone thought about the animals? Look, this is what we're going to do. Everybody throw up a peace sign and I'll take a photo. Wow. Cultural appropriation is alive and well. Why don't you just ask us to say kung fu? Guess what? New plan. Group selfie. Ready, set, go. Boom. And looks awesome. You're going to love it. What? Nice to meet you. You took it with the front camera, you stupid cyclist dick. Happy New Year, people. How's it going? Hey, sorry this show's not on schedule. I'm actually getting a little busy, which is good. And, you know, I just simply didn't have enough to talk about last week. I don't want to do a short show, but also I don't want to half-ass it. And I loved doing the show weekly last year, and I'm hoping I can keep that pace. But if I have other priorities or I can't come up with enough to share, the show may be spaced out. A little more. I hope you can understand. And I appreciate those of you who uh, texted and sent messages. It's just nice to be thought of. I don't mean to worry anybody. It was just one of those weeks where I just had very few topics. And I didn't feel like I could be interesting enough. You know? And then my head got a little fucked up. (laughs) I'll be serious. I don't want to go into details. But one of the things that I do for a living requires me to speak with people who have recently lost a loved one. This is part of the business that I have that hasn't gained enough traction, at least not as not as much as I'd hoped it would. So I'm working on it more. And then last week, I'm on a phone call with this family. And after I got off, I started thinking about some of the things that I'd been through. And then I began to dwell on it, which is never a healthy thing to do. I know better. So I decided I'm going to take my mind off of it by making music one night. And it's the darkest shit I've ever played. And I've played some pretty dark stuff. So the next thing I know, I'm making an appointment, speak to my therapist, and I'm past it now. I know the pitfalls. I know I should avoid them. And this was the first time I'd followed it. I'd, I'd actually fallen for it. I know what not to do. I just need to remember not to do it. Had one of those rare dude nights last night with my friends Nick, Mark, and Dave. Had cigars, had a little scotch, too much food, lots of talk about cars and flying airplanes. I don't overdo it on nights like this, especially during the week. 
but I woke up this morning. I felt like a bear had shit in my mouth. Cigars are great when you're smoking them, but no matter how much you brush your teeth or gargle with mouthwash, you're going to reek. It gets in your hair, gets in everything. When I was married, if if I made the mistake of doing this, I'd shower before bed. I'd do the whole mouthwash thing. Even I'd chew some parsley to neutralize any odor, and I'd get most of it. But last night, man, I, I brushed my teeth, went to bed. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Couldn't live with myself. And just as I predicted, California has extended their indoor mask mandate now through February 15th. I think this is just going to be something we're going to see for six months at least. They're trying to keep people from losing their minds. Because if you say, until further notice or indefinitely, people in this state will start marching and protesting. But you push it back a month at a time, they're going to feel like there's some hope. Dude, there's no hope. (laughs) Not as long as this highly spreadable variant's around and people keep refusing the vaccine. And now they're reminding people that cloth masks are ineffective. Got to get back to using surgical masks, or these N95 masks. So now these are selling out again. You look at some of these masks. It says on the in big letters at the bottom, made in China. And I think to myself, you know what else was made in China? The very thing I need this mask to protect me from. I smell a big fat fucking rat and it stinks to high heaven. It's like the mafia walking into your store demanding protection money. But the only thing they're protecting you from is them. So Mark and I had decided we were going to keep ourselves honest and ride on New Year's Day in the morning. So we couldn't party on New Year's Eve. Now, we don't do that anyway. We're you know too old for that. So I watched the ball drop in Times Square. I was in bed by 9.30. That's what I think of New Year's Eve. Anyway, I hear sirens in the middle of the night, which could only mean one thing that there are still dumb shits out there who think it's okay to get hammered and then get behind the wheel. I don't understand people who drive when they're drunk. When I was young, we'd do this, and it scared the shit out of me then. I was out one night, wasn't feeling very good. I decided I wasn't going to drink. Actually, I made the mistake of drinking coffee, which kept me up most of the night. But anyway, I'm on my way home, and I hit a DUI checkpoint. As I'm talking to the officer at the checkpoint, I see this woman getting a field sobriety test, and she was going to jail. And I thought how lucky I was that I wasn't feeling well, and I decided not to drink. And from that point forward, if I was driving anywhere, I gave myself like a one-drink limit and then an extended amount of time to get it out of my system, if I drank at all. And you have to be careful, right? If you know one beer is not going to impair you, yeah, you're fine. But if you drink the wrong beer, or you have an actual glass of wine or something that could put you over the limit, you've got to really stretch the evening out, especially if you're thin or if you're not a drinker. And females have to be extra careful for some reason. Like physiologically, I think their BAC is more sensitive. It's always best to err on the side of caution. Just don't do it. I don't know how you feel. But it seems to me like 2021 just wanted to remind us what an awful year it was by taking out some people that we loved, you know, before the clock struck midnight on New Year's Eve. We lost John Madden earlier in the week. 
And then on New Year's Eve day, Betty White dies at 99, robbing us of celebrating her 100th birthday this month. I lost a family member on Christmas. It was a guy, a close friend of uh, the guys I hung out with last night. who worked at the museum with this guy a bunch of years ago. He was close friends with all these guys. He passed away. What a shitty way to finish the year. I kept trying to stay upbeat about it, you know? I kept saying, nothing's going to top 2020. But last year tried its damnedest. Here I am trying to be positive, blowing smoke up everyone's ass, and things, it just kept steamrolling us. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, a couple Sundays ago, and I don't know how many of you follow the NFL, it was the craziest day. It was a story that kept getting more and more layered. Started just as a, a news item, became a soap opera, and then turned into a saga in less than 24 hours. Antonio Brown is this talented wide receiver, but he's also an asshole. Played for the Steelers for a number of years, but he's riddled with behavior problems, so they cut him. He starts bouncing around the league, continues to get cut by teams because he does some really fucked up shit off, off the field, and these teams can't tolerate that kind of drama. So he ends up signing with the Buccaneers last season. Tom Brady really liked him, had him at his house, really cared for the guy. So he was part of that team last year when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Well, this season, his off-the-field issues really surfaced. He forged a vaccination card, and the NFL just does not tolerate that stuff. They suspended him for something like eight games, I don't know. So he comes back to the team, and the coach asks him to get in there and play a series. He tells the coach that his ankle hurts. He doesn't want to go in. So the coach says, if you don't get in there and play, you're out of the game. So Brown just, he melts, throws a fit, takes his jersey and pads off, then starts running on the field, takes off his shirt, he's doing jumping jacks, waves to the crowd. After the game, the head coach says he's no longer a buck, which implies that he'd been cut from the team, and now he's out of a job. So the lazy response to all this when stuff like this happens is to call the guy a prima donna, a spoiled rich athlete, all that shit. But we got to be adults about this. Be human beings. Like people were talking about Brown's mental health issues, that he needs help. And Tom Brady said it, and he had vouched for the guy. But then on Wednesday, this is last Wednesday, Brown starts posting on social media that he truly did have an injury. He had an MRI done on his ankle that the team knew about this, but gave him a shot to numb the pain and asked him to play while he was hurt. And he says, I've got medical records, I've got proof that I'm hurt, and the team doesn't care about me. He even went so far as to post messages from his iPhone between himself and the Bucks coach, Bruce Arians. And he told him he was still hurt, that he'd rolled his ankle the previous week, but he was going to show up to the game. If he felt good enough to play, he would play. And then Arians responds to the text. So when Arians was asked after the game if he knew that Brown was hurt, Arians said no. So he was lying. Airing that shit on social media is never good. But I understood. Brown was just trying to put the bucks in some hot water and clear his name. But this is where Antonio Brown shows just what a loony tunes motherfucker he is. He includes a message that he sent to this trainer that Tom Brady had hooked him up with. He paid the guy something like $100,000. And he wants half of his money back. 
because he didn't get all the help that he was promised. So the trainer messages him back in a nice way and says he'll give him half of his money back. Just let him know where to send the money. So Brown, in his infinite wisdom, sends him his bank account number and routing number, and he includes this in the screenshots that he posts on Instagram. Post his fucking bank account number. (laughs) What a dumbass. So it gets worse. On Thursday, uh, last Thursday, the next day, Thursday morning, the team announces that they'd released him. They said, uh, while Antonio did receive treatment on his ankle and was listed on the injury report the week leading up to Sunday's game, he was cleared to play by our medical team prior to the start of the game. And at no point during the game did he indicate to our medical personnel that he could not play. We have attempted multiple times throughout this week to schedule an evaluation by an outside orthopedic specialist. Yet Antonio has not complied. Maintaining the health and wellness of our players is of the utmost importance to our organization. Yada, yada. It's like a game of chess. He throws a fit and leaves. Team says they cut him. He comes back on social media days later, says he's got proof he's hurt. And the team says, fuck you, hold my beer. Watch this shit. You're fired. Whichever story is actually true, I'm going to say this. Antonio Brown, he does have mental health issues. This guy, if he visited anybody else, not an NFL player, if you saw someone displaying the kind of erratic behavior that he does, you'd say he needs help. I know a lot of sports pundits are saying everyone needs to calm down about this. Not, it's not always mental health issues or CTE or whatever. I'm not disagreeing with that. But look back at how this guy has acted over the years. Like I said, think if it's anybody else, you'd say, that's a crazy motherfucker. And here's the rub. When someone's suffering from depression or schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, whatever mental disorder that they have, they will most likely often hide it. They're not going to admit that they're suffering. Maybe they feel embarrassed, but they think they're going to be perceived as weak. So you reach out to them, you try to help, and they get defensive about it. And it puts the people who care for them in a tough spot. He might have CTE, or maybe not. Maybe he took too many hits to the noggin. His brain's misfiring. But if he is indeed hurt to the extent that he says he is, shame on Tampa Bay for vilifying him. There's too many stories of team doctors who clear players to play for the benefit of the team when they know it could be a career-ending injury if they hurt themselves further. And this is when the NFL starts to show what an evil organization it is. But anyway, on the subject of social media, I saw something last week that gave me at least a glimmer of hope. Someone had posted a story, something about Devin Nunez resigning from Congress, which I didn't realize was happening so quickly. So for some reason, I clicked on it. At the top of the comments was a warning from Twitter. It said, heads up. Conversations like this can be intense. Don't forget the human behind the screen. I just, I wonder why this couldn't have been done sooner. Like finally, a social media company is trying to curb people's harsh comments and opinions. I realized that maybe it was going to be a little too much. I didn't want to read it, so I I didn't read any of the comments. I just, you know, I hope that social media companies will start doing more of this, become more proactive instead of reactive. Because the minute they start banning people 
or suspending accounts, people start crying about freedom of speech, shit like that, becomes this big thing. But look, it's Twitter's house. All right, they make the rules. You wouldn't want someone walking into your house with muddy feet, dirtying up the place, would you? You'd be respectful. It's not that hard. It's a lot harder to be shitty to people than it is to be nice. But I'm finding that the articles that I tend to click on the most now come from sites that focus on psychology. That's like the one thing I find most intriguing now. And these articles are always something that I'm confident I'm going to come away learning something from. And I think this is because, you know, therapy works for me and it's refreshing to feel like I'm actually growing on the inside. I wished it wasn't so goddamn expensive, but it's been a great investment. I feel like it's been an investment in myself and I really never invested in myself before outside of getting fit and being physically healthy. I think maybe we focus on the things that we think people see that those are easier, you know? Anyway, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> I'm really spread out today. Uh, my brother had sent me this article. Actually, it was, a, it was a podcast episode. There was this transcription of the show. And so I read a bunch of the transcription. And this psychologist had made a clear delineation between being alone and feeling lonely. Then another more focused example of the difference between loneliness and solitude. It really struck me because like one of the things I've been adamant about is the difference between feeling depressed and having depression. Saying you're depressed is actually you just feeling down, you're not happy. But having depression is an actual physical malfunction in your brain. Like you have to be diagnosed with depression by a medical doctor. So people will ask me if I feel lonely sometimes because I spend so much time by myself. You want the truth? No, because I live in solitude. Like Katrina and I used to live like monks in our house. We were a quiet couple. Now you wouldn't know it listening to me when I put a microphone in front of my stupid face, but I'm pretty calm when I'm not on. There wasn't a lot of screaming and yelling unless we were like hosting a party, dinner party, then there was lots of noise. But then the minute the party was over, the house was empty. It was like a monastery again. So that's where I'm, I've gotten myself, my life is back now kind of at that point. So if being alone ever gets to me, and I do feel like I'm getting lonely, my brother is a phone call or a text message away. I've got enough friends to fill a bus, right? I can call them or pay a visit or invite them over. Being able to appreciate solitude to me now is really important because you really begin to appreciate having it. Like I meditate, right? I can't meditate in complete silence. It's impossible for me because I can't turn my brain off long enough. That's why I do guided meditations. Hey, look, before you think I'm becoming a sandal-wearing, lentil-eating Buddhist, calm down. I'm just working on being more at peace in my life. It's helped in more ways I can tell you. Like I haven't experienced road rage in a long time. I drive in the slow lane on the freeway. I don't get upset over politics. I don't get upset when my team loses. I avoid loud noises when I can. I don't cry as easily as I used to. I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve anymore. Like I look, I miss my wives every day, right? Don't get me wrong. I still look at the pictures. I have good memories, but I don't get emotional as much as I did. Look, time is really the only answer for that. But as I've taken my own mental health seriously, and I'm addicted to the idea that I could 
be even more at peace. So like if, if you talk to me and I seem happy, it's because I am, right? I easily could have gone in the other direction because people often do that. Like these widower groups that I was in and then the suicide survivors groups. My God, you guys, I, I felt honestly horrible when I saw and heard how they were handling it. I didn't want that to be me, so I just went, I'm going the other direction. I'm just going to find peace. Getting there is not easy, but it's not as hard as you think. And it got me thinking, too. Maybe this is why I've always yearned for the mountains and the desert. Because it's peaceful out there. I mean, until you get eaten by a bear or bitten by a shark. That's fucking madness. But if you look, look, look at people who live in a big city, like a busy city like New York or Chicago... And then compare that to people who live in like mountain towns like Aspen, where the beer flows like wine. Compare the attitudes of the two, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you another thing. Yoga fucking hurts. I started doing yoga again because I really need to get my flexibility back to this constant, this nagging back pain that comes and goes. I just want it to go away. But holy shit, yoga's hard. For something that looks like you're just doing a bunch of stretches. Like you do a 30 or 45 minute guided yoga session, you're going to hurt in places you didn't think you had muscles. I'll be honest, I scream at that bitch on TV sometimes. She seems so nice on screen. But I think secretly, she's a sadomasochist. Plus, look, hey, what other workout session can you do where your coach is dressed in a leotard? It's like she's wearing underwear. Well, I'll tell you this, though. Yoga is the only type of exercise I've ever done where I'm constantly in fear of shit in my pants. Gas-relieving pose my ass. Speaking of exercise, very unsettling story the other day. They found a body floating in the Santa Ana River where Mark and I ride our bikes. It was right around the bridge we cross before we head toward the coast. It was unsettling to me that somebody died in there. And they, no foul play, they had already been searching for the guy in that area. He was wearing a coat. He apparently slipped and fell in the water and drowned. They police that river really heavily for this reason. And I know people still screw around down there. You're not supposed to actually enter the area anymore. You can stay on the bike trails. They don't want you scrambling on the rocks and shit because this stuff happens. Then you got a dead person floating in the water. But I thought, man, imagine if that thing floated ashore. Holy shit. That'd be like, that'd be total pandemonium, like Amity Island all over again. Another thing I haven't done in a long time, and I'd like to do again this year, is making beer. Nothing fancy, right? No all-grain batch, nothing like that. Just a simple liquid malt extract batch with some specialty grains, hops, and some white labs yeast. I just, I don't even know what it costs anymore. Kind of afraid to look. When I think back to how much beer I used to make, it was mind-boggling. I was doing like 10 gallons a month. I was brewing like every other week. Back then, we were either hosting parties or going to parties, so I was able to blow through all the beer pretty quickly. I was giving it away. But just a simple five-gallon batch, I imagine it's got to be almost double what it used to cost. Oh, look, I'll get back to you. I'll just never forget my 40th birthday. Katrina and I had made friends with this guy who owned a chain of breweries down here and she got him to allow me to be a guest brewer on my birthday at one of the locations near us so i show up 5 30 in the morning 
I walk in. The place smelled like home. It smells like what it smelled like at home when I brew all green batches. So I was like immediately comfortable. I was in my element. So we brewed this Bavarian Hefeweizen. That was outstanding. So I stole the recipe and I started making it at home. Called it my own. And to this day, still, best Hefeweizen I've ever had in my life. Better than Fahinstefan or Schneiderweiss. All those bananas and the clove flavors, all that fancy shit. That was wonderful. Oh, this is dark. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, I'm all over the place this week. Sinead O'Connor, you remember her? She was that bald chick from the 80s who sang uh, Nothing Compares to You. I guess her 17-year-old son had gone missing. And they found his body the other day. And he had, you know, another unfortunate suicide. But they showed a picture of her. She looks like she's turning into Mother Teresa. I mean, that woman's troubled, I'm telling you. First of all, who purposely shaves their head? She was a beautiful woman. Goes all Hare Krishna on us. Gets the G.I. Jane cut. She had gone on some dating site a few years ago. And her profile was one of the filthiest things I've ever seen in my life. She honestly, she set up a public profile, had a list of demands that would make you blush. And not just conservative people. I mean, everyone. Even I was like, the fuck is wrong with this woman? I'm no prude, all right? I saw some of the shit she was writing. Some of her demands for your first date with her. I thought to myself, hey, look, even though it might be interesting to go on a date with a famous pop singer... But you'd come back bruised, both physically and emotionally. And you probably wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. She wanted to stick shit up your ass. Wanted you to stick shit up her ass. Filthiest things you could imagine. Choking, bondage, all kinds of crazy shit. Zero romance if you went out with her, all right? And after you've basically lost all respect for yourself, she'd probably put something in your drink, slip you a mickey, and then shave your head while you're sleeping. I think eventually they banned her because she was being way too explicit. She's a nutcase, man. I hope she didn't fuck her kids up. That was a sad story I did not need to see. So when I was talking about Omicron virus, right? It's more contagious, but not as nasty as the previous strain was. Well, look, it's definitely contagious as hell. And depending on the viral load you get, It can hammer the shit out of you if you get a strong enough dose. I now know eight people personally who have tested positive in the past couple months. And I'll be lying if I told you it didn't scare the shit out of me. I kept waking up every day wondering if I was going to feel symptoms. And I have not. But I'm super cautious, right? I've talked about this, man. I distance myself. And even when I'm with them, and these people, in most cases where I'd had contact with them, you know, it was no more than a fist pump. I'm not living in fear over this, all right? I'm fully vaxxed in the general public. I'm always masked. I keep my distance from people, especially when I see people walking around without a mask. I think that's the big thing, too, that a lot of people just aren't respecting this thing for what it is. COVID has become the new Al-Qaeda, you know? Remember all that crap after 9-11? People were afraid to open their mail because they thought it was going to have anthrax in it. People were apprehensive about getting on airplanes for a while or gathering in large crowds. That's what terrorism does. So if we acted towards COVID 
like we acted after those 9-11 attacks, I don't think we'd be sitting in the position we're in now. But that's just me. And look, I don't talk about this much around people because it always turns into something political, which I don't get, but I don't want to upset people. I don't want to fight. It's always this, my body, my choice. Right? Like, listen, I'm not saying don't get an abortion. Just put your fucking mask on. Stay away from people who you don't know. Dork. Oh, uh, what else I have? Well, this show's all over the place. Oh, it's movie award season again. And people don't give a shit, finally. Remember what a debacle it was last year? They televised the Golden Globes. It had no audience. It was so unfunny. Then the Oscars were televised with a minimal audience in a train station. It's a fucking joke. So on Sunday... They actually gave out the Golden Globe Awards, but didn't televise it. They announced the winners on Twitter. Just how bad does it have to get for these award ceremonies before they just give up? I mean, it's been a joke for well over 10, 15 years. It just seems to be getting less and less fun. And people are uninterested now. And it reminds me a lot of the NFL draft. All right, I remember how excited us guys would get. We'd have watch parties and shit. We treated it like the Super Bowl. And it was because we loved football so much. By April, we were clamoring for any mention of it. But after a while, ESPN made it a giant joke. It was no big deal to me after a while. I started noticing it was ridiculous. The fans in attendance were ridiculous. They were booing and cheering, acting like idiots. Just a royal fucking joke. I don't even think I watched the draft live in like almost 10 years. Like I'll check to see who got drafted the next day. And that's it. Like, who cares? That's the apathy I have for these awards, these movie awards now. I could really give a good shit. The only thing they are good for is knowing which independent films might be worth watching when they release them. Like Power of the Dog on Netflix. So I saw it was getting all kinds of Oscar hype. So I put it in my watch list. I was talking to some friends of mine. We decided to watch it together. Bored the hell out of us. Great performances, but the story was just dreadful. Like, there's a time when you simply have to hang up your cleats. And I think these award ceremonies need to take a, a final victory lap and call it a day. I would talk about this shit with my friends days after the awards. And they would look at me and go, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I don't watch the Oscars. I'm thinking to myself, is it gay that I enjoy watching this shit? I watched it with my mom. Then I'd watch it with Katrina. Now I'm watching it alone. Maybe that's part of it, too. There's no one to share it with, right? So who cares? Maybe it gets back to the NFL draft, right? I just don't care as much. It's part of just growing older and getting bored with things. What are the things you used to love to do, but you don't do them anymore? And you don't miss it. Tennis. I used to love to play tennis. could watch it on TV. Now, I could give a shit less. I rarely watch it on television. Now, that'll never happen with golf, right? That's a game I have a love affair with. It's challenging. I love to watch it on TV because I pick up tips watching golf. Constantly learning, man. But there are things I used to do traditionally, right, that I don't do anymore simply because I just don't have anybody to share it with or don't share the same passion. So it would be senseless to do it alone. Like some of these silly holidays, St. Patrick's Day. I used to love making the traditional meal. Same with Oktoberfest. Either you like eating that stuff or you don't. I love it all, but I'm not going to go through that kind of trouble just for myself, especially since there are a ton of leftovers and I'm, 
I'm good on leftovers for maybe once. Maybe. Pretty soon you've got 10 containers of shit you've forgotten about. Your fridge is a giant bacteria cellar. Some stuff, you leave it in long enough. Starts growing feet. You end up throwing away the entire container because you don't want to look inside. When I got into making sausage, that's when things exploded. I was grinding my own meat, stuffing it into casings. Make summer sausage, hot dogs, Italian sausage, Spanish chorizo, stuff like that. Then one year, I decided to make bratwurst for Oktoberfest. And I got to tell you something, man. It wasn't because I made it. It ended up being the best bratwurst I ever had. I braised it in beer with onions. Made this cabbage dish with a creek lambic, new potatoes. All day cooking frenzy. Now, I can't imagine doing that now. Not that I wouldn't love it, but by the time it's over, I'm full, probably four beers in. I got a kitchen that looks like a train went through it. Now I got to clean that shit up. (laughs) Too tired. Save it for tomorrow. Yeah, great. So you wake up the next morning. You desperately need coffee. You look at your kitchen's completely fucked. You've got zero energy or desire to clean the kitchen, but you know you have to. Now, you see, these things have to be shared, and preferably with more than one person. And I'm cooking some killer meals lately, but I've also learned to pace myself in regards to, like, ingredients. I cut my recipes into thirds, so I don't have a lot of leftovers. All plant-based days are, like, my favorite, because it's basically all prep, not a lot of cleanup. I got meals, I put them together in a matter of minutes. Bada-bing, you know? Hey, you know what movie turns 20 this year? Minority Report. You remember that? Steven Spielberg movie that Tom Cruise was in it? It's like a glimpse into the future. You know what? How far are we from that reality? These augmented reality headsets. They say by next year, they're coming and they're coming fast. People are going to be living in a land of AR soon. And what would be perfect timing, right? Think about it. We've got to, If we've got to live through another pandemic... People are going to be forced to stay inside and only communication and interaction with people will be that. And it seems like a safe way to do it. I just remember watching that movie and thinking how creepy it would be to have computers talking to us like they knew us, like Hal in a space odyssey. But look at how close we already are. Siri, Alexa, Google Assistant. That's just the first step. This shit's going to get weird quick. Wait till the porn industry gets their hands on it. These younger generations, they're already, they're not hooking up like previous generations were. They're not having kids. You put a a porniverse into one of these headsets, you can forget it. You got sex toys, love dolls, all kinds of kinky shit on the market. You make that stuff even more real life in a world of AR. You watch the population in this country drop in a couple of decades. Yeah, all right. Got one more. <laughs> Sit down for this one, if you're not already sitting down. There's another study, and this one's a doozy. Biologists say they found clear anatomical evidence that female dolphins have a fully functional clitoris that helps them experience pleasure during sex, just as it does for humans. Lead author Patricia Brennan, an assistant professor of biological sciences at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts, and her team have been studying the evolution of genitals in all sorts of vertebrate animals. More recently, they turned their attention to dolphins, 
the marine mammals known for their playful and eerily human-like nature at times. She says, dolphins have vaginal folds, and we were studying these folds to try to figure out their function and why they are so diverse across species. As we dissected all these vaginas, the clitoris was obviously very well developed, so we decided to investigate how much we knew about it. All right. Pretty interesting, right? I'd have maybe kept us on the down low a little. It's good to know, but did we need to know? There are a lot of nutbags out there who would get off on doing very horrible, kinky shit. You know there's some deranged pervert out there, probably more than just one, who's booking a diving expedition as we speak. And as fucked up as that, uh, for me to bring it up, it needs to be brought up. Because these, these people are sick. These assholes have no boundaries. If they'll do shit with children, what's to stop them from trying it with a dolphin? And they lost me as we dissected all these vaginas. <laughs> Just the thought of that makes me want to hurl. Who's got the stomach for a job like that? It would make for an interesting cocktail party conversation. Maybe. So what do you do for work? I'm a mortgage broker. What do you do? Ah, this and that. Dissect vaginas and stuff. Say what? I don't even want to know how they managed to get funding for this study. And what's next? Are we going to film this? Are we going to have some dolphin porn to watch? Hey, this is too messed up even for me, man. These headlines come through my feed. It's almost like it's in its own category. Material for an aim. And I used to think it was funny whenever someone would show a video of animals getting it on because it always looked so awkward. Two dolphins screwing must look like a water ballet. And wasn't I just saying last year how nature screwed it up for fish because they couldn't have actual sex? Well, I know these aren't fish. But here you are. The minute they find out that two sea mammals can actually have sex, I'm repulsed by it suddenly. Hey, look, I was only having a laugh. I didn't actually mean it. Yeah, all right. Uh, Let's get out of here. Thanks for hanging in there with me and for listening to whatever nonsense just came out of my mouth the last half hour I don't even know if this, I don't even think this show had a point I'll be back here to do it again next week though until then my name is Phil and this has been a name cheers <laughs>